Hey friends, and welcome to the Creative Shop Talk podcast. Before we jump into today's episode, uh, which is awesome, if I do say so myself, we have a great guest for you today. I wanted to remind you that this episode and other episodes are brought to us by Retail Made Simple. It is my signature business course, the one that I created for independent shop owners. We've put hundreds of retailers through Retail Made Simple, super proud of that. And we created the course, I created the course, honestly, because it was the course that I wish I'd had especially after about year one of running my shop. So if you've been working in your business for a while and you're looking for some kind of shift going into 2023, if you're ready and you know that you need maybe to fill a few of those skills gaps that you're feeling in your business, um, this is the course for you. Um, it Most of the retailers that have gone into it were looking and ready to level up their business skills. They want to empower themselves to fill those skills gaps and, you know, step into that really full role of CEO and, and be the boss, right? Be the boss and understand the things because there's lots of things we don't know, right? So if you're ready for more from your business in 2023, I'd love for you to grab a Retail Made Simple. It is an on-demand course. You do not have to wait for specific dates. You can do it on your own time. I know you are busy, my friend. I do know. So I personally truly, truly believe that we can build a business that's more meaningful and uh, serves our life and serves our definition of success. And I want that for you and your business. I also have some special bonuses that we're offering until midnight on New Year's Eve when the clock strikes 12. And those uh, those bonuses will go away at midnight, I guess, when the clock stri- strikes midnight. So it's Retail Made Simple. If you're looking to find more information, there's link in the show notes, or you can hop over to my website at wendybatten.com slash rms retail made simple and I promise you we break it down we break the foundations down and it's just me explaining to you the basics of business so if you need that support go grab that and uh, let's get on to the show today I'm really excited Today, I have a guest. I asked my members in my mastermind group, my Level Up mastermind group, what kind of support or help they were looking for going into 2023 or into 2023. I bring guest experts inside my mastermind group. And one of the kind of recurring themes was a copywriter or content writer or help with that. So we started digging around and one of my members, um, Millie, actually, who you met on a previous podcast a couple of weeks ago, she had a fantastic friend who is coming into my mastermind group to do some coaching, but I loved her so much. I'm like, you have got to come on our podcast. So Lacey is a content strategist. She's the author of best-selling Kindle book, Make a Killing with Content, and the mastermind behind Ace Stone Marketing, a detective podcast. It's so good, guys. you got to go listen to that podcast. She's the director of the Content Direction Agency, and she helps small business owners create and implement content and marketing strategy. Don't we all need that? Aren't you tired of looking at a blank screen and wondering, what should I write? What should I put in my email? What should I write on my post? What should I, 
oh, it's hard, right? We never, we always kind of get stuck on that and we don't want to just be like selling our products. So we have a great conversation for you today. She's going to share some ways to think about your content and about your, um, how to find and sort of define your brand voice, which I love how she explains that. It's so good. Um, Lots of nuggets in this podcast today. Um, I hope you enjoy um, Lacey Boggs as much as I did. And and again, she's coming into my mastermind group. I'm so excited. She's going to come in and do an expert session with us. Um, But I had to get her on here. I had to get her on here and share some stuff with you guys, her magic. So I'm really excited to introduce to you Lacey Boggs. Let's go. Running a retail business doesn't have to be so hard. Welcome to the Creative Shop Talk podcast, the go-to podcast for creative shop owners, studio owners, and independent retailers. I'm your host, Wendy Batten, retail business coach and mentor. Each week, I'll share simple proven business strategies, inspiring stories from fellow retailers, and advice from industry experts. Together, we're going to work to find the success you want from your retail business with more profits in your till and a little more joy in your life. Lacey is here in the house with us. Welcome, Lacey, to the Creative Shop Talk podcast. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you so much for bringing me on. I'm excited. I'm so excited. Um, I have been waiting. I have a list of questions for you. So my retailers are are going to love hearing a little bit about content and copywriting and all the things. But can you tell us how did you become like how did you end up being um I want to say Ace Stone <laughs> from your podcast, but how did you end up becoming the director of your own content agency? You want to give us a little bit of a background? Yeah. Sure. It, I mean, it was kind of a long and winding road. Um I went to school for film. I was going to be a film director and that didn't work out the way I anticipated. <laughs> and so I had my quarter life crisis in in California and didn't know what I was going to do with my life and ended up working for a PR agency for a short amount of time. And then my husband and I moved from California to Colorado and it was really interesting. This was in 2008, right before the downturn. We didn't have jobs. We didn't have contacts. We did. I don't know what we were thinking. We were young and stupid. And um, I went to a creative temp agency here in Colorado and I said, I'm a copywriter. And they said, your resume does not say that. <laughs> and I said, no, but I can do that. And so they gave me a copy editing test and I scored 100%. The guy told me it was the only person he'd ever seen score 100%. So they placed me as a copy editor with a company that made travel magazines. They made the official travel magazines you pick up in the airport for different cities and states. And so I eventually got bought out from the from the temp agency through them. And I worked there for a few years. And then I worked for a local magazine here in Colorado and I became their food editor. I was a food writer for a couple of years, which is great work if you can get it. Getting paid to eat and have opinions <laughs> awesome. But the the magazine was so small. Um, you know, we were working 60 hour weeks. The, the editorial department was two people, you know, me and one other person. Um, we were working 60 hour weeks. We were there till 3 a.m. on deadline every month. And then I got pregnant and I thought, mm, that's going to suck with a baby. <laughs> and also infant childcare, at least here in Colorado, is so expensive. More than half of my salary would have gone to putting my baby in daycare. And I thought that stinks too. Like, I don't want to 
give up half my salary to not see my kid. So my husband and I decided I would stay home. And so I tried freelancing for a little while and discovered I hated pitching. Um, Like I really like writing for magazines and stuff, but pitching is not my favorite. And so then I thought, well, um, I'm pretty good at this blogging thing. I was running a food blog because that's what you did in 2011. Everybody and their dog had a food blog. And I said, I'm pretty good at this blogging thing. Maybe somebody else would pay me to blog for them. And it turned out, yes, that was a pretty good niche. (laughs) And so it started out just me blogging for other small businesses. And as I got too much business, I brought in a friend to subcontract for me and that, and then the agency just grew organically from there so that now we're 10 years in this year and I have four writers under me and I mostly do the strategy and the marketing for us. And then I do strategy for the clients and then my writers take over the actual blog, right? I still have a couple of legacy clients, um, but, but that's, that's how we got here. That's exciting. So tell us about content. So you're talking about blog writing and content writing for your clients. And, um, and I asked you to be on here, honestly, because I think that retailers need to understand the difference between copywriting and content and strategy around that. So strategy is like, I think we just look at this blanks blinking screen and we think what's happening today. I'll just write about it. That's sort of not strategy. I know you're probably squirming when you hear me say that. (laughs) So can you, can you speak a little bit to that as to, um, I guess what retailers should be thinking about big level, high level, you know, from strategy point of view versus content copywriting, like what should we be thinking? Sure. Sure. Help us. Help us. (laughs) So I'll answer the easy part first. So copywriting to me, this is my definition. Copywriting is the copy that remains relatively static on your website. So it's your homepage copy, your product descriptions, um, your whatever about me page, the stuff that you don't change very often. Content is the is the words or or videos or audio that you produce in order to engage in a conversation with your clients or potential clients with the hope of it resulting in a sale, right? So that's what content marketing is. You're you're creating content to engage in a conversation with the hope of it resulting in a sale. And so that could include blog posts, social media posts, email, uh, podcasts, if you have one, videos, if you do them, dancing on TikTok, all of that is content. Um, as opposed to what I consider copywriting, which is more static, more one and done. I mean, obviously we all rewrite our websites at some point, but it's more one and done than like your blog posts that you're updating every week or every couple of weeks. Um, in terms of strategy, I think the the second part of that definition <laughs> is the important part. So it's a conversation. So we're hoping to have back and forth engagement with the hope of it leading to a sale. So that doesn't mean it's always saying, buy now, buy now, buy now, but you're building a relationship, right? With your audience in this way. And I think for retail store owners, there's this really interesting opportunity there to to build a relationship um, with the customer that's not available to somebody like Walmart. Right. And and what I mean by that is like Walmart puts out a ton of content, but no, none of us like engage with Walmart on Twitter and think, oh, I'm going to build a relationship with Walmart, you know, with the, <laughs> with the Walton family. That's not how that works. And we know it, right? We know that the Coca-Cola, all those big, huge brands, we understand that. But when it's a, a smaller retail operation, 
you are literally building a relationship with somebody that either owns the store or works in the store that you could run into, that you could literally go talk to. And it's a very different opportunity for the business owner because in all business, we do business with people we know, like, and trust, mm -hmm. right? And so content is that opportunity to build that know, like, and trust factor so that they choose you when they're ready to make a purchase. So here's, so that is like, that's, that's like actually exactly what I teach as well too. We're building, well, we're building brand awareness, mm -hmm. not in the same way Walmart's building it or Amazon's building it, or we're building brand awareness in the feeling and, you know, and the, 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 how we, how we operate and who we are and why we're doing it and all of those. And I think a lot of retailers miss that step. I see that mm -hmm. quite often quite often mm -hmm. they're trying to be professional and you know they show their shop and you know but words do matter and I I often say and and please correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not a copywriter <laughs> what I'm seeing is when retailers put out even their website copy let's just talk about copy for a second so copy um it's not just the facts jack I think there needs to be feeling and that's where again copy is on your website and how it feels and the words that would describe your brand or make or come out of your mouth maybe I always say whatever's coming out of your mouth should be is what because that's what you're doing in your store yeah the content that we're sending in our newsletters the content that we're sending on social media the content that's you know going out on TikTok whatever um again it is that no like and trust I think some people get stuck in what it should be. I don't know. Maybe I'm not explaining this properly, but I like, it's like, well, I shouldn't talk about miss like the mess in my shop. I, you know, I spilled right. paint or the mess, you know, yes. the, the fact that the Christmas music's driving me crazy, you know, or something along that line. But to me, that's what builds that relationship that had nothing to do with the product we're selling. Right. Like that's right. Just, exactly. That, yeah. Is that right. I mean, does that make sense for content? A hundred percent. And, and what I would call what you're talking about is brand voice, right? So it's the personality behind the brand, um, that's coming out through the words you're using. And it's very important for small retailers, especially because think about why do people choose you over going to the big box store? It's because it gives them a certain feeling, right? Um, and that feeling can come through your words on your website. It, it comes through your brand all, all together. So how you style your photos, how you do your product shots, all those things, but also in how you speak. And I think that's something that I see people miss when they're doing branding. So you might have a beautiful logo and wonderful fonts and you've picked your colors and all your Instagram pictures look the same, but brand voice is also a part of that. And as you grow, if you... Um, deputize a different employee to write for you, brand voice becomes even more important because how are you going to tell that person how to sound like you or how to sound like your shop and your brand? And so thinking about that can be really helpful. Um, what you were talking about, like, like saying, oh, the Christmas music is driving me crazy or whatever it is. You're right. It's not talking about the product. It's not saying, well, here, I have this widget for sale for $14.95. It's what I call thinking sideways. What else is your customer interested in besides the products you sell? Mm -hmm. And when you can land on that, the types of content you can create open up exponentially, right? So let me just think if I can give a good example here. Um, you know, a jewelry store, 
might sell different type. There's, there's so many types of jewelry. There's so many types of people who buy jewelry, so many different lines that evoke a different feeling. If you specialize in a certain type of jewelry, you could think about what else is my customer interested in based on this type of jewelry. So like if it's full of crystals and wonderful things like that, maybe your customer's also interested in spirituality. So you could talk about spirituality topics or bring bring guests in to talk about it, right? You and I have a friend that connected us who has a bookshop and her whole brand is very sort of retro and classic like bookshop. And, and so there's a lot of things she can do around that vibe that would bring out um, different types of content she can create, um, you know, like that sort of classic feeling of like, I'm going to go to the bookshop and sit by the fire and read a book. There's a, there's a certain vibe that's going to inform the types of content she can create. So thinking about what else, either what else your brand stands for or what else your customer is interested in can really inform the types of content or the flavor, if you will, of the content that you want to put out. So just for the record, Millie's who we're talking about from yeah. <laughs> Millie's bookstore and she was just on the podcast. So uh, yeah. listeners can go back and I would love to rattle off the podcast episode that she's on, but I can't remember what number it is, but uh, Millie was just on a couple of weeks ago. So I think that will be, uh, you're absolutely right. She evokes a feeling. So it, it it is, you know, that is part of our brand. I love the sideways angle, thinking sideways. An example that I think I just saw, well, I did just see, you can tell me if this is thinking sideways. One mm-hmm. of my clients sells a beautiful line of soap, artisan made local soap. And we have a lot of that type of product lines that my retailers sell. I'm really proud to, to sell this, you know, so she brings in, you know, she talks about it's lavender soap. I'm going to get in trouble for not knowing her product line. Anyway, (laughs) it's like a lavender, everything's lavender, lavender infused, but she talks about where the lavender is harvest. She went to the field last summer, you know, like she was showing like Susie's soap from, you know, with the lavender. So it was like sideways con or not sideways. That is a lot of, and customers talk about that. And I think it's really important that also distinguishes us as not just selling product after product after product, I think, because that's what a lot of retailers are doing. And I it just, you know, it doesn't humanize your brand, I guess, uh, as well. Right. So through our content. So one question that we, I get a lot. And so we were talking about brand voice and that's really hard for small business owners, I think I find, I find it hard. I found it hard um, when I had my shop. I found it hard when I had my, I had two studios and as I was growing and how do I, well, no, it's my shop and I'm the one who talks and I'm the one who goes live, but we do come to a point and this is what I teach. <laughs> so we have to start delegating things out. We have to either hire a content manager or a social media manager or a copywriter Or like you mentioned, we have to, maybe one of our team members or somebody has to take over some of those tasks. We don't have to do it all. I'm going to say that again, people. We don't have to do it all. (laughs) We shouldn't be doing it all. That is a really big piece that a lot of people are afraid to hand over. Can you speak a little bit to how do you know when to hand that over or outsource your content creation? And how do I do that? How do we do that? Right. It's a very vulnerable thing. Mm -hmm. It's not even like 
I'm trying to think like other things we outsource, like your taxes. Okay, fine. Like it's it's easy for people to say, I don't have the experience or the knowledge or the expertise to do that well, or I don't like it. So I'm going to let somebody else do it. Right. But something about content, especially when we start out doing it ourselves, mm-hmm. it becomes very personal and it becomes a very vulnerable thing to say, here, go be me. Even if you're not technically the face of your business, you know, you're not plastering your face on Instagram or anything like, or your name isn't in the shop name. Um, it can still feel like saying here, go be me. Right. And shop owners in particular have a lot of trouble saying that because they're afraid of the impression they give out, or they want to make sure that, right. It's the same as training your um, salespeople. How do you greet people when they walk in the store? How do you look? How do you, you know, all those things, but we're doing it on Instagram or in email or whatever it is. So yes, I just want to acknowledge it's a very tricky thing. It's something that my customers (laughs) struggle with. Um, the first thing is to, there's three things you need in place to be able to outsource successfully. So the first one is that brand voice style guide. And really what that is, is a it's guardrails, right? For the person who's going to take this over. So you're saying, I want you to do this and I do not want you to do that. And everywhere in the middle is free range. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I have a template for this that I'd be happy to share with your listeners. But essentially what we start with is things like, what's the you know, official name of the store, what's the official tagline, how do we talk about it, but then it gets a little more into the how. And I don't want to go like too much into grammar nerdery, but it's like, there are things that you may not even have realized about yourself in how you speak. Like, do you use ampersands instead of the word and? Do you like the Oxford comma or do you hate it? Like, or do you not know? (laughs) Do you really write with Um, grammatical precision, or is it all more about like getting it out stream of consciousness style, those kinds of things. So you can look at what you've done in the past and kind of analyze to that. And sometimes it's helpful to have somebody else look at it and analyze it because we're too close to it. But then the other thing I like to have in there is a list of um, do not use these words. And these are words we use a lot because there's, there's a certain vocabulary that every brand has. Maybe you love to use the word luxury, or you don't love to use the word luxury for some reason, right? There's a bunch of different stylistic choices that come across in our word choice. So I always um, suggest having those lists like, yes, use these. No, do not use these. Mm -hmm. Um, That's another good place to put anything. If you have standards around how you do inclusive language or how you talk about populations, anything like that, that you want to really codify for your brand. And then finally, those guardrails. This is my favorite trick. So I actually stole this from MailChimp. They have their brand voice style guide online. You can search for it. And they do this thing where they go, we are this, but not that. So they say, our voice is funny, but never crass. Or we are helpful, but never condescending. We we are educational, but never pedantic, Right. And when you can give those kinds of guardrails, it's so much more helpful. If you hire a copy, like a professional copywriter, they will love you if you give them this because they're like, oh, perfect. I know exactly where to go. But even a lay person like that, you know, college kid who's really good at social media that you're going to have do your Instagram, it will help them understand how to be you. Right. So that's the first thing. This is getting a little long winded. So I'll try. I love love this. Keep going. I I love. Okay. 
much. Yes. So the first thing is that brand voice style guide. It doesn't have to be long and it's a living document. So keep adding to it as you think of other things. It's never going to be done. Mm -hmm. The second thing is some sort of editorial calendar. And what I mean by that is what are we going to send out at what time and why? And this is where the strategy comes in. Because what you do when you think about it from a big picture is you can say, okay, I'm going to have the holidays coming up, or I'm going to have back to school time. And that's really big for us or whatever it is. New season of, of something is coming in. You can think about it ahead of time and you can start teasing that in your content, right? Once you start thinking ahead of just like, oh, I have to post something today. Well, we get more strategic. We, so in our world, in retail world, it's, it's called a promotional calendar. So it's like what's coming up and like my retailers and my inner circle, they have a promotional calendar in their, we call it a dashboard at the beginning of every month, but usually it's planning ahead so that you can be, and that is the plan. So I love, yeah, I love that editorial calendar goes with your promotional calendar people. So yeah, yeah, explain that. Yeah. Because that way. You're not trying to figure it out at the last minute. Or like if you're having an event or a sale, you can actually tease it before it happens. You're not just going, oh, by the way, it starts today. You can can build anticipation and things like that. And that will also help... inform that sideways thinking, right? So like your your friend with the soap, if she knows she's going to do a soap promotion, let's just pretend, then she might say, oh, I really should go get some pictures of that farm or I should call the producer so I, so I can write about their production style, their production, how they make this work, whatever. Um, that's how you get ahead of the, oh crap, I'm having a soap sale tomorrow and I don't know what <laughs> Yeah, I know that's, that's exactly what I teach as well, too. We had a beautiful. So we are on the same page. Yeah. So that's the second thing. So your 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 promotion calendar can double as your editorial calendar. It just it's a second layer, right? What am I going to produce uh, content about that? And then the third thing is the workflow. So just the the person that you're handing this off to, you guys need to understand how this is going to flow. Do they need to send it to you for approval before they put it on Instagram? Or are you going to do that for six weeks and then say, okay, now you're good. I trust you. Or who puts the email into the actual email system so that it goes out? Who schedules it? Who, right? So writing that out, actually having a system and writing it out, what's expected will help you overcome so many bumps in the road when you start outsourcing content, whatever that content is. So even if it's just a very simple, you know, so-and-so takes a picture and writes a caption, they show me on their phone in the store and I say yes, and then it gets posted. Like that's, that's a place to start, start there. But as you get more um, sophisticated or have a bigger team, it's going to be really important to have who's responsible for what and how does it actually get pushed out. Yeah, but that's but that's great advice. But that's systems make our life easier, and I think exactly we all get overwhelmed with that word systems or workflow. You know, workflow is really all it is. Is this is how we do it? This is these are the things that need to be done to get all our Instagram out or all our whatever, right? You know, and having a little document, and it we make things to be much bigger than they are. I think uh, when it comes to systems and workflows, so so uh, brand voice. Um, which I love that idea. So I have a document and it's funny because that I, 
you know, I didn't call it a brand voice, but it's what it is, you know, and we also have our, you know, the, the official, co- what do you call them? The color, our brand colors. Yeah. Yeah. Brand like, colors. I'm yeah. Lost mm-hmm. for words, but like the actual colors that we use for our, you know, in our Canva account, we have our, um, you know, our brand voice. I have actually put in there, like, we don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't swear on my Instagram yes. or, you know, I'm not a swearer, you know, when it exactly. comes to that kind of, so like, we don't do this, but you know, I do use words like y'all, you know, <laughs> so we're not perfect. So you're, you're right. It is, you know, and I just have, we're just creating that living document so that as I bring new team members, as I'm growing and I'm watching my retailers do that as well too, handing off these things. I do think it's funny that a lot of retailers we, I suggest all the time, hire to your weakness, right? But also mm-hmm. hire to to what you need so you can grow and expand. So we do hire out, and you mentioned the bookkeeper, and that's actually a vulnerable thing for a lot of people, but we can get over that because you're right, we don't like doing it. Right? <laughs> so just because we can doesn't mean we should. So we need to start handing things off. So the brand voice is the first step. The second yep. step is the editorial calendar knowing what's going to get posted and what we're going to talk about and when we're going to talk about it and how we're going to talk about it. I tell my retailers all the time to tease, drop teases, teases. I don't know if that's what I usually say, but anyway, we talk a lot about to what you said, um, sneak peeks, you know, about the boxes coming in and like the promotion, build it up uh, events and that type of thing that all goes on your editorial and promotional calendar. So I love that advice. And then a workflow, which is really just, this is what we need to do and how we do it. Right. right? So super. And it's so great. You know, when that college kid who has been doing your Instagram goes back to school, you, you now have the information to hand on to the next person, right? Because that's what systems really allow us to do is that that knowledge, that institutional knowledge doesn't leave when somebody leaves. Right. I actually, I think it's a really good idea to have that person create those documents too. Yeah. I I have somebody who does my podcast notes and she'll be listening to this right now, but mm-hmm. uh, it's so funny because I'm like, can you just put down what you do? Like, <laughs> like you know, like I don't sure. need to tell her what to do anymore. She tweaks the documents that need tweaked as we change, right? Because we all change our systems and our, so that, yeah, you're right. That student or that person in your shop, they're not going to be there forever. So it's good to change things up. So wonderful. I think the biggest thing is knowing when you're ready. So should we have all these, like, and I don't know if that's the right wording, but yeah. knowing, um, I guess tr- it's trusting yourself. Would you, would you say that trusting yourself when you like, okay, I'm ready to hand this over. Is, do we have this yeah. in place first? Do we create this with somebody? What just, what would be a quick answer to that? Yeah. Yeah. It's trusting yourself, but it's also trusting the person you hire. I always tell people when they're thinking about hiring us, like this is a big decision. Like the person you're going to work with on content is actually a very intimate relationship because they have to kind of be in your brain. <laughs> um, so so you have to pick the right person. Yes, a lot of good content writers or copywriters will have some of these systems in place or to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they don't have any of them in place, that might be a red flag. Okay. Um, you can ask them, like I, I would say most content writers or copywriters might not do a workflow for you, but they'd be certainly happy to help you produce it, right? Because if they're going to be part of the system, um, but it might not be something they advertise like, oh yeah, we do your workflows. They, they want to know they're going to get their stuff. I, I Exactly. I but yeah. you could ask like, how do, 
do you help me produce a brand voice style guide or do I need to have that ready to go? Um, do you help me put together an editorial calendar or do I have to come up with all of that? And then the, the level at which you hire Mm-hmm. will help dic- dictate that, right? So somebody you're just hiring to write Instagram captions, they might not have any experience doing an editorial calendar, but you're going to pay less. So it's kind of a handoff. Which are, which are you most interested in having? Are you interested in having the expertise and the soup to nuts to help you devise the strategy? Or are you still willing to kind of do some of the strategy for a less expensive person who's just going to show up and write what you tell them to write, right? So that's just, it's like everything. It's a handoff, a trade-off for what you want to how you want to invest right and it's it's just freeing in my opinion to maybe have somebody else thinking about your content and it will (laughs) force you this is well I don't mean thinking about maybe not thinking about you still direct your content sure you still have the calendar like it's not like some and I think that might be the block that some people have about handing that over to other people well they're not going to know what I'm talking about. That's again, was the information you gave us, you know, we're going to tell them this is, these are the events coming yeah. up, these are the things we want to talk about. I, I think that is the fear. I think there's a fear of letting go because it's a personal thing. Like you said, like, you know, you identified that at the beginning and a fear that they're, you know, they're not going to know what to do. And I'm going to just have to work so hard, but yeah, I think this is a forcing function that once you hire somebody, it sort of forces you um, that has been my experience, even with producing my podcast, I have, you know, I have people telling me, (laughs) okay, I have to have these podcasts, you know, in the box, we call it, you know, in ready by a certain time. So I, I still produce the content, you know, I, you know, it's somebody else, your ideas doing, you know, the, not doing the work. And it's the same. I see with my, a lot of social media for my retailers, um, we don't have to yeah. do it all ourselves. So I, I just think that's really great. I think that's a really great on um, breaking through those blocks and those, I guess, the, well, the, the tension that we feel about handing it over. So thank you. I think that. too, there's a, there's a thought of like, we don't know what we don't know. And if you've never hired a person to do content yes. or copywriting for you, yes. you don't know what to look for. You don't know how to hire that person. You don't know, like, it's not like a cashier. You've done that job. You can, you know, what skills are required, right? It, you may not know how to hire a copywriter or a content writer. So in that case, I would say, you know, look for the person who has, who can tell you what their system is or how they work really well. Look for the person that's not necessarily looking for all their direction to come from you, because that's what happens with, with that is if all the direction is coming from the client, the retailer in this case it's not really taking that much off your plate, right? Right. So the happy medium is finding somebody who's ready to take your vision and translate it into something strategic that they can just run with. That's what we do. And I think that's what makes us um, so useful to our clients is because we have, you know, like one kickoff call and it's like, tell me your vision, tell me your product plan and your promotional plan for the next six months. And we will devise the content strategy to support that. Right. And then depending on the client, the writer might interview them once a month to get information. But then after that, it's an easy button, right? The, the content just shows up and you can literally copy and paste and be ready to go. But that's a higher level service. So you just kind of have to know what you're getting into, (laughs) but you're right. That's how that fear comes up is like, I don't know what I'm trying to hire for. Right. And I think it's also important to remember 
so this has been my experience as a retailer. It's been my experience with my retailers hiring, um, you know, an agency or somebody like yourself, and then thinking that they're going to do it all and I can't do anything, but that's the opposite too. So I think we can still come in and do our, like, we can still come in and do a live store tour. Like, no, you know, you cannot oh, yeah. outsource a live store tour, right? Like, you know, that's right. still, you know, we're filling it in. So you have the base. And I think this is something I, I hope people are paying attention to. So if you've wandered off <laughs> for your <laughs> come daydreaming, come back come to us right now for a minute. You know, you can have somebody help you with a big chunk of the content that you need with helping with SEO and all the things and, you know, even your Google and all of the things. And then still sprinkle in, you know, the manageable chunks for yourself or for your team. And I think that's important to think about, you know, that balance as well, too. So um, I, I I think that's great advice. And I appreciate how you've explained that to us and My the steps to take so that we can outsource that and even just planning it ourselves so that we can get ready to, again, baby step it maybe just to a team member right now. And yeah. Then- maybe somebody else. So I appreciate that. That's, that's fantastic. Um, fantastic advice for us. Anything else on the content? I'm going to, we're going to jump into our rapid fire. I want to honor your time. I could talk to you yeah. all day, Lacey. Anything else that you'd like to share before we jump into our content? Yeah. Like- I just want to mention one thing you mentioned SEO briefly just there. Mm-hmm. And I find like, let's just be honest. Blogging is not sexy it's that's our bread and butter. And it's a hard sell for me sometimes because people are like, aren't blogs like very 2005. (laughs) And the answer is no, because even through all of the advances in what Google does and how they crawl content and things like that, the written word is still the most important factor about what's going to get your website listed when somebody searches for something. Right. And the way we include additional keywords, additional long tail keywords, which are longer phrases, is through blogging. And so while it may feel very old school or you may feel like, oh, nobody reads this. I don't know why I'm producing this. My advice is it's still a really good idea to have a blog because it gets Google looking at your website more often. It gets more keywords in there, gets more long tail keywords in there. And you can repurpose that content to places where you feel like your audience is hanging out more often, right? So if I write you a, a thousand word blog post, you can cut that up into chunks and use it on social media. You can use it as your email. You can do all kinds of things with it. But the blog as a foundational piece to help people find you on Google is there. You know, even if you feel like, well, nobody reads my blog. Well, Google does. <laughs> and and to be super clear, we always write for humans first and Google second. Because that is who's coming. That's the traffic, right? right? Yeah. But, and um, that's a really important part of making sure you're visible and people can find you on the internet. So just wanted to throw that out there. No, um, you know, really great advice, especially for those. Um, so, you know, a lot, most of my listeners are brick and mortar, but a lot of them have that um, component of e-commerce. A lot of us have moved into that e-commerce section. And so I, I really think being found on your website, and locally, right? So type people, right. you know, people type in and, and and we I guess we could have a whole conversation about this. Um, and we do have a couple of podcast episodes on, you know, um Google my Google my business or Google business, whatever we're called yeah. this mm-hmm. whatever it's yeah. being called this week. And it is blogs, it is keywords, it is, you know, it is helping you be found. And even a few blog posts, I I totally agree with you, well positioned blog posts about 
you know, styling or clothing, if you're doing clothing or you're an antique, how to buy antiques. Like people are always like, what would I write about a blog with my retail store? But uh, there's so many things I could give you. So many things. I I give you a hundred, a hundred examples right now of, you know, how to style a scarf and your jewelry and, you know, all of the things, how to paint furniture. Like it's, that was a huge driver for me. Um, on mine. And again, we could have a whole conversation about that years ago, but still, I still continue to get hits on my website from when I was a store and I blogged about all my painting projects and all the paint. Right? Yeah. And it was, it's incredible. That's what you mean by long tail. Like the, I still yes. have people reach out like occasionally. And it's so interesting how that works. You know, it just without well, any permission, and- obviously now, because I don't have my store anymore, but it's very interesting how it's still alive. It's still out there. So, so many, so many great tips. Oh, so many great tips. Thank well, you. and just as an yeah. example, um, yeah. our friend Millie, she has a bookshop in a very small town in New Zealand. And so we've written some blog posts for her about the town because right. part of her you know, strategy is that tourists coming through will stop at the, at the bookshop. And so we write about like where to read a book in Greytown, where to get a great cup of coffee and read your book while you're in Greytown. And it's because using the town's name in the blog associates her bookshop with town. When people are typing in like what to do in Greytown, her bookshop website is going to come up. And that's, that's a really big strategy for her. We need to have you on as a regular here now. <laughs> so I feel like we could. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. About this. So I want to, I want to honor your time. We're going to jump in quickly to our uh, new rapid fire questions. I don't know. I got to come up with something jazzier than that. You're the words girl. <laughs> we need a rapid fire. Um, let's, so as a self, as self-employed human, another, another self-employed business owner, how do you gather courage when you need it? I gather courage by thinking about who else I'm doing this for. So in terms of my, my big whys, you know, when I started my business, my big why was to stay home with my baby. She's 11 now, but that's still a big part of why I do this, you know, is to have the freedom and the, and the time freedom, I guess is what I want to say to pick her up from school every day and like all those sorts of things. So that's a big part of my why. Another big part is like my team. I love my team. I love my writers and allowing and giving them the opportunity to have that same sort of time freedom is a big part of my why. So when I need courage, I think about who else am I doing this for? I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this for my team. And I'm actually also doing this for my clients because we work with people whose message we believe in and we want to get it out to more people. And so that actually makes me, it's like, I don't, if I can't stand up for me, I can stand up for them. That is like the best answer. I love that so much. It's so <laughs> good. I'm you. like, I'm all weepy now. Do you have a hidden talent? A hidden talent? Um, I don't know. I'm I I'm a really good cook. And I'm also a classically trained singer. And I sing in a community choir. It, you can't tell it right now because my voice is a little uh, froggy. But um, I sing in a community choir here. And so that's something I really enjoy. Oh, that's an exciting time. I was like, uh, what it almost like a, what did you say thinking sideways what's some sideways uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not just you're not just what you do right we're not just what we do right, That's right. So, as a entrepreneur were you born with it or have you learned to become one oh a hundred percent learned um I it's not maybe not so much the the entrepreneurial part but I never wanted to be the boss that's really been something that I've had to work on and and lean into. I never wanted, I never wanted to be in charge of all these people, but now I am and it's okay, but that's definitely something I've had to learn. 
that's yeah. so that's a very common thing I mean I think it's common for a lot of people to say I don't want to be the boss but guess yeah. what <laughs> guess, guess what? what you're you're officially chief cook and bottle washer that's right <laughs> at the, especially at the beginning but uh what's your favorite or current favorite book which I think is timely because we were just talking about millionaire bookstop but uh, bookshop so oh my gosh that's a hard one for me I'm a big reader um let's see my favorite book that I've read recently. Um, I just read the third in the Scholomance trilogy, which is like a dark magic academia trilogy, which was really great. My favorite business book of all time is Essentialism by Greg McCowan. So those would, those would. Yeah. And his podcast. I don't know if you listen to his podcast. Yeah. It's great. So good. So, well, thank you, Lacey. I appreciate you being here. Where can we send people? Where's the best place to reach or connect with Lacey? Yeah, absolutely. So LaceyBoggs.com is the website. There's 10 years worth of blog posts there. So go dive in, learn all the things. You can absolutely check out my podcast, A Stone Marketing Detective. It's a lot of fun. And I'll get you a link for the Brand Voice Style Guide and we can put that in the show notes. Absolutely. That's fantastic. We will love that. So thank you, Stacey. Lacey, I'm, re- I'm reading reading and saying thank you no Lisa, worries for being here i appreciate your time and all this wonderful information and we'll be sure to have all your contact information in the show notes so my thank pleasure you. thank you well that's it for this week's episode of the creative shop talk podcast I'm so glad that you're here to join us this week and I hope you found value in what we're sharing here. I want to remind you that our website has all of the show notes. You can find it at wendybatten.com slash podcast. Everything that you need to hear about today's podcast is there. Also an opportunity if you need to reach out to me. If I can support you in any way whatsoever, please feel free to reach out. So thanks for joining us. Please leave a review, subscribe if you can, and never miss an episode. We hope to see you back here again next week. Thanks, my friend. Have a great week.